Listen, my children, to the word of the Lord and to the thrilling conclusion of the story of Paul, at least as far as we know about it. Remember, he got shipwrecked on an island. The island was called Malta. It is the place where malt balls are from. Malt balls, like chocolate, like those malt chocolates. Or like a chocolate malt, like a, it's kind of like a shake. No, those are not malt balls, but you can get malt. They did malt. They did have malt balls at the place where I got those. I totally made that up. However, I suppose it is not impossible. What if malt balls actually were from the island of Malta? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. So anyway, they landed on this island. When they landed there, they didn't know that it was the island of Malta. They found out that's what it was called. And the native people who lived there were very kind to them. They made a fire. They welcomed everybody there because it was raining and it was cold. And Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire. And then a viper came out because of the heat and grabbed onto Paul's hand. Do you know what a viper is? Yeah. A viper is my favorite kind of snake. Well, so viper is really like a category of snakes. There's a lot of different well, I know, I know. kinds of vipers. My favorite snake is a viper. Okay. The they are very poisonous. Yes. I believe it's the most poisonous family of snakes. Although, I don't know if it's poison or venom. Venom is if they bite you and you, you have a problem, it's venomous. If you bite them and you have a problem, it's okay. poisonous. Okay, it's a venom it's thing. Venom. It's a venom thing. Yeah, it's venom, not poison. You can eat you can eat snakes and it won't kill you. But if they eat you, you die. You mean bite <clears throat> you. Yeah, I was just saying it to be funny like that. Yeah, I don't... There are probably some snakes that would eat you. There are some snakes that would eat you. But they're not venomous. I don't think. Why would they eat you? Well, there are some really big snakes, like boa constrictors. That could swallow. They can. Some of those things can swallow like a like a cow. It's ridiculous. They can, can open they their mouths so you? wide. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite kind of viper is. Uh, but vipers cannot. Viper. Oh, vipers are smaller. Some of them are very cool looking. Like there's like this like electric blue viper. And anyway, what is not cool? What is not cool is when a viper fastens on your hand. One time. We were camping, and Uncle Aaron had a uh, garter snake fasten on his hand. And he just sat there all chill, you know, looking on it. Snake is hanging on his hand. He would just shake his hand. Look at this snake. But that's a very small snake, and it's not a venomous snake. It's not really a big deal if a garter snake fastens on your hand. There, I guess, technically, over in some parts of Wisconsin, there are some rattlesnakes. Very rare in Wisconsin. And I'm pretty sure that's the only kind of venomous snake anywhere around here at all. Yeah, the most are in Africa. I don't know. India, Australia. Oh, yeah, I've heard that place sounds awful. It's just like filled with terrible snakes. Anyway. So Paul has this viper fastened on his hand while he's there doing this. And when the native people saw that snake hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt 
This man is a murderer. And though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. So the word justice there is actually in capital letters because they are referring to the supposed Greek god of justice, DK. Because that's the word for justice. So they thought, oh, he escaped from being a prisoner by the shipwreck, but this god wasn't going to let him get away with it. So he sent a snake to kill him. However, Paul shook off the viper into the fire and he was fine. He was completely fine. And they were all watching and they're all like waiting him for him to swell up and die because that's what would happen normally. But they waited for a long time and nothing happened to him. So they changed their minds and they decided that Paul was a god. I mean, well, something, is, something miraculous is happening. That much is clear. Their first presumption was silly. But that is the way people thought back then because they worshiped false gods. This presumption is also the wrong presumption, but it is at least based off the fact that he absolutely should have died. He just got bit by one of the most venomous snakes on earth and nothing happened to him. But Jesus had Wait, actually promised um, the apostles this. He got bit by it? Yeah. It latched onto his hand and it bit him. Um, Jesus had promised the apostles this. He said, they, you, will hand, you will handle snakes and they will not like poison you or whatever. Now, there's a really silly thing that happens in some places, especially in the southern parts of America, where certain uh, Christian pastors decided that Jesus' words to the apostles, promising them the miraculous ability that snakes would not harm them, was a promise to them, even though it definitely was not a promise to them. And they will do these things where they will, like, take poisonous snakes and, like, drape them around themselves and hold them and act like this is what that is. Um, There's a couple of dumb problems with that. First of all, sometimes the people who do this have either trained these snakes or you can actually milk snakes. You can milk the venom out of their fangs so that they're not poisonous. And sometimes they'll do that. And then they'll get like bit and the people will be like, oh, whoa, it's like Paul. But it's not like Paul. They're They're being deceitful. Other times they really think that if they get bit, it won't hurt them. And these are venomous snakes. And then they get bit. And guess what? They they either die or they have to go to the hospital because it does hurt them because Jesus wasn't saying that to them. There's another stupid problem with this. Jesus didn't tell the apostles, hey, go around and pick up snakes and like dangle them over your shoulders so everybody can see you can hold snakes. He was talking about... He was talking about exactly the kind of thing that happened here with Paul where Paul was just living his life, all right? He's just doing what Jesus sent him to do, and this snake attacked him, and it didn't hurt him, and God used it to show the people uh, that this was miraculous. Okay, so there were lands near there that belonged to the chief man of the island whose name was Publius. Publius. And he received the people there, the, the prisoners and the soldiers, and welcomed them and, and gave them food and places to stay. And it happened that the father of Publius was sick with fever and dysentery. That's a bad combination. Paul visited him and prayed and put his hands on him and healed him. 
And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came, and they were cured, and they honored them greatly. And when we were about to set sail, they put on board whatever we needed. So after three months, they were on the island for three months, and then they set sail Wait, on a ship Peter, that had been staying there. No, it's still Paul. They set sail from a ship that had been there on the island, and uh, it had twin gods as a, fu- as a figurehead on the, on the hull of the ship. That would be like uh, Castor and Pollux. Or Janus. Janus. Uh, is that the Roman version or something? No, it's the Greek. Well, this is Castor and Pollux. It's, it's, it's one god, but it has two faces. Oh. It's the god of doors. Anyway. So they put in at Syracuse, then they continued and arrived at Regium, and then another day they sailed to Puteoli, and there they found some brothers, I mean some disciples of Jesus, and were invited to stay with them for seven days, and then they came to Rome. And the brothers there in Rome, so some of the believers in Rome heard that they were coming, and they came out as far as the Forum of Apius and the Three Taverns, probably a branching of roads where there were three taverns to meet them. And when Paul saw them, he thanked God and he took good courage and they came to Rome. And in Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself, the soldier who guarded him. So he didn't have to go into like a prison cell. He just had a soldier guard him in a house. And he called the local leaders of the Jews and they gathered and he preached to them. And uh, he told them why he was there and everything that had happened on his different trials And uh, they wanted to hear what he had to say. So they picked a day and they came to his lodging in great numbers. And from morning until evening, he expounded. That means he like preached thoroughly to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And what do you think happened? What always happens when Paul preaches that Jesus is the Messiah to a group of Jewish people? They don't believe. Some of, wait, wait, wait. Some of them believe. Others do not. And they had a disagreement among themselves. And they departed after Paul had made this statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull. And with their ears, they can barely hear. And their eyes, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. And Paul lived there for two whole years. At his own expense, we had to pay for his living there while he was, like, waiting. And he welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And that is the end of the book of Acts. So, is there anything weird about that ending? He, he can't, look, remember this whole, for a while now, the, the direction of the narrative has been that Paul is going to go to Rome and do what there? Pre- he's going to preach, and in particular, he's going to stand on trial before Nero. the Caesar, Caesar, Caesar Nero. Who is a now, psychopath. Yes, now, he has made it to Rome. Hasn't said anything about Caesar. Why do you think it would be open-ended like that? I have another 
But there's another important point to make before asking this question. There is not another book of, of narrative. This is the last book in the Bible of narrative, meaning a narrative is a book that tells you history, that tells you like a story. They're true stories, but that's stories. There are other books in the Bible after this, but they do not contain narrative. They're epistles. They're letters that teach the doctrine and the meaning of all the things that, that happened. This is the last story in the Bible. So, church tradition is different than the Bible. Church tradition is like records from people who wrote a long time ago that were not inspired by the Holy Spirit, so we don't know for sure that it's true, but it might be true. And church tradition holds that Paul was indeed executed in Rome. We also have reason to believe that from some of the things Paul wrote in his letters. So this is the last story, like I said, but Paul wrote letters while he was there to various people. And he was convinced that he was going to die. And we don't know for sure that that happened. But that's what, the, that's what, the, that's what the er, some of the early Christians say happened. That he was executed by Caesar for being a Christian. Which is what he ended up, which was what he was really on trial for the whole time, right? That's what he kept saying. He didn't commit any crime. But at a certain point... Rome made it a crime to be a Christian. Wow. Uh, it might have been Nero. Yeah, Nero had some of the worst persecutions against Christians. And they said horrible things about Christians. Like, they claimed that Christians were atheists. Do you know what an atheist is? No. An atheist is someone who doesn't believe that there is a God. Why would, why would they claim that Christians are atheists? Because they only believed in one God. And the Romans said there were many gods. They also claimed that the Christians were like, you know, sadistic revolutionaries. That they wanted to rebel against the government when they had never done anything of the kind. The Jewish people had often done things of the kind, but the Christians had never done anything of the kind. But the reason they did that is because the Christians said that Jesus alone is Lord and that Caesar is not Lord. They obeyed the laws of the human government, the Romans, but they refused to worship the Roman emperor as a god. They said only Jesus is Lord. And so many Christians were put to death in the Colosseum. Have you ever heard of the Colosseum? Oh, yeah. No, that place is terrible. I don't... So the Colosseum in Rome is, was, is this big stadium. It's still there. Maybe someday we'll go there and you'll see it. It's very old. And they used to do all kinds of things there for the entertainment of the people. And a lot of it was awful. You know how, like, today, people, they watch, want to have entertainment, will, like, watch sports? I've heard some morons trying to compare people liking to watch football to people back then watching the Coliseum. That is a ridiculous comparison. Makes no sense at all. Even when people try to say that watching boxers is similar, that's also ridiculous. It's closer, but it's still ridiculous. People are, like, punching each other with punching gloves. They literally, there would be a person who 
Bell yeah. There would be all kinds of variations on different ways that people who were like slaves or who were prisoners would get murdered in front of people and everybody would cheer. Why? Because they were sick and twisted. Yeah, it's like in Wednesday. And they took pleasure in bloodshed. It's in my book? Yeah. Like they the had first... really hard lives. So yeah, in the first would... book, there would be these wells and pain give them comfort. So they did this, for a long time they did this to Christians. They would put Christians in the Colosseum and they would say to them, either you say that Jesus is not God and that he has not risen from the dead or you will die. This was a long time ago. They do not do this in Rome anymore. They do not do this in America. There are some places in the world where they still put Christians to death for being Christians. But... There's no call. There's, the Colosseum is there, but they don't do anything in it anymore. In the first book of Women of Fire, there's like this um, queen who, like, she's in a war, but then she takes prisoners instead of, like, killing them in the battlefield. And then she's, she's got this huge Colosseum with, like, seats and then, like, poles for the prisoners on there. Yeah. So, and then they bring, like, two down. Mm. Um, and then they fight, and then to the death. Yeah. And and there was a chance you could escape um, if you won enough fights, yep. but then they never ever do that because there was this dragon who could literally burn you with one touch of their skin. Whoa. And it like never happened. Yeah. Yes. So they would feed Christians to lions and do all kinds of different things to them in the Colosseum. Anyway, something like that probably happened to Paul. It happened to many other Christians afterwards. But, but the reason the book ends the way it did, does, open-ended, is because it ends with giving us this look into Paul just staying there preaching the gospel. When he's writing about this in the book of Philippians, he says, the word of God is not bound. What he means is, I'm here in chains for preaching the gospel, but you can't put chains around the gospel. No one can stop the gospel. And that's the whole point of the book of Acts. Over and over it says, the word of the Lord grew. The word of the Lord multiplied. Many people believe, then more, and it keeps moving out further and further. And early in the book, it said that Jesus told the apostles, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and Galilee and to the ends of the earth. And it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Here, Paul has gone to Rome. And then it ends open-ended because it wants us to know that that's not where the story ends. The story continues here, today, in Appleton and over in India and in China and in Japan, and in South America, and in Africa, and everywhere in the world where the gospel continues to spread and grow, and people hear and believe. Yeah, there's South America, what do you mean? It's not by China, it's south of us. Yeah, it's everywhere. The point is the gospel grows everywhere.